Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good morning. You guys okay? Who's not doing okay? So everybody's okay. Really? Good. Okay. So I'm, we, I am, uh, as you can tell, I still got on my, my Easter-themed outfit. Yeah. I got on my pink little, it's flamingos, it's not bunnies though, but it works. Today we're going to talk about you being a history maker as we continue this Easter uh, history maker kind of theme that Darren was in. I'm moving this stuff out of the way because I get a tendency that when I start warming up, I just like knock, I could knock into things. So I just get overexcited. Uh, but today, I'm, it's going to be really exciting. I want you to walk away with something so tangible that's going to help you um, be able to practically uh, work out your salvation. How would you like that? A couple of you. Work out your salvation. Make every effort to enter his rest. It's such a paradox, right? Work out your salvation. Make effort to enter rest. Having three little children, I've come to realize, they are like my greatest illustrations and analogies, um, that they are actually teaching me how to rediscover my true self, which is painful at times, absolutely painful. How many of you know what I'm talking about? If you are a heart-centered parent versus a behavior-centered parent. Heart-centered parenting, and I'm saying heart, like heart, heart, like you got heart. (laughs) Your heart, my heart. I'm not saying it's the temperature, I'm saying heart, okay? It's extremely hard because it requires you to make the decision to become present in the moment and then make a choice after you've made the decision to become present in the moment. The other option is to just lash out, uh, and that is parenting from your head. That is not being present in the moment, and you are actually imparting that to your children, this type of inability to control themselves, this type of model as it relates to not teaching them how to become present of this moment. Because God is in the present, the presence of God. Are you tracking with me so far? Do you believe that? God is in the present, right? So think about it. Make every effort to enter my rest. Rest is a present thing. So with children... And, and listen, I am nowhere near to <laughs> what I'm preaching to you today. So we're all on this journey together, whether you have children or not. I mean, some of us have relationships that's like, you know, not necessarily heart-centered relationships, whether that's with parents or with friends or peers, or whatever the case may be. The point is, is that I've become to realize that my children have given me the opportunity to rediscover who I was before I was born. Because you see, before I was, there was a version of me that was flawless, blameless, above reproach. Sounds, is it like an echo in here or is it just me? It's nice. He says it's nice. Let someone describe it like that. That's, it's nice. Huh? I like it. It's nice. Cool. What was I saying again before you distracted me with your... Blameless, faultless, 
right? This is the father. He's saying, I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. He knew that as soon as you're going to hit that womb, you're going to hit your mother's drama, your mother's culture, your mother's trauma, your mother's history, your mother's baggage. Hopefully you have a daddy. I didn't grow up with my daddy, and he's a good daddy, which statistically tells us that daddies just haven't been doing that good for a long time. And that's changing now with, with this generation. Uh, I was telling my wife last night, we had dinner, and we're like, we were feeling bad about not hot raising our children stuff. And I was like, give me three good things about you as a mom right now. We're done with all that stuff. And she said it, and I was thinking to myself as a dad, I was like, I think I'm the best dad I've ever met. And something about it just felt so humble, you know, just, <laughs> anyway. So, so, so there was this version, so to speak, of you in the mind of God. This beautiful, flawless, above reproach, no fear, no intimidation, no self-condemnation, no judgment, no unhealthy self-awareness, no trauma. Trauma is basically when you, uh, when you focus too much energy on a specific thing outside of yourself and it's energy overload and your body cannot regulate it and it gets stuck in your body. And that stuckness blocks the natural flow of energy, which is equivalent to life, in your body and it, and it causes you to have a tainted perspective on things. Did you catch that? Because that was really powerful what I just gave you right there. So be careful what you fixate your mind on. Because we think of trauma and we think, well, you know, I didn't go to the war, so I don't have PTSD. But do you know that disappointment can be traumatic? Believing God for something that didn't come through? You fixate on, why not? Why didn't it happen? Why didn't it? You keep on focusing that energy on that and it overwhelms your body. You can't regulate it and it gets stuck in your body. And so now we walk around with emotional baggage. And what begins to happen is we keep on looking for things outside of our church, outside of ourselves, even things as good as church, the Bible, worship, all of these things. And instead of becoming aware of the pain, we emotionally bypass the feeling because it feels scary. But we were also taught by our mother and who was taught by her mother that we should not feel these things because these things are bad. These feelings are evil, let alone even knowing that we should or knowing even what's going on because we are just terrible at studying who we are and how we function. We know more about Game of Thrones than we do ourselves. Mm. How bizarre is that? Think about that. Think about that. How much do you know about your own anatomy? How much do you know about how your own mind works, your own spirit works, your own soul works? About Do you know you is what I'm trying to say. Because it takes hard work. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of falling down and getting back up. It takes a lot of intentionality. It takes a lot of time. So God has this vision, this perspective of you, and what happens is you come, you're born, you're born into whatever culture, there's certain taboos and traditions in certain cultures that take the place of the power of God, of the, the spontaneity, the creativity, the life of the Holy Spirit, so to speak. That's why you can see 10 churches on one street, but that street is not changed. Because tradition and culture has now taken the place of the power of the Holy Spirit. Because you have a... Oh, <laughs> Just email Sam and Darren. <laughs> this, and I'm not generalizing. Please hear what I am saying. But 
Not everything that glitters is gold. It's easy to start something to avoid pain on the inside. You don't know what you don't know sometimes, most of the time. And what happens is we keep on bypassing instead of going inside. How many of you have seen the movie Aquaman? Aquaman. Any Aquaman fans? Any old people saw Aquaman? No. Older? More seasoned? Sorry. Okay, we'll get to Aquaman in a minute. So, so he has this perspective of who you are. And so then he's like, oh my gosh, they are uh, no longer who I said they are because of how they see themselves because that was influenced by their mom. There's rejection stuff. There's all kinds of stuff that's now locked up in their body. They are uptight, literally. They've got tightness in their chest, tightness in their stomach. They smile when they don't mean it. And they don't know what to do. They're stuck. I'm going to send a savior. Have you ever thought about this? Did, who did Jesus come for? He, that would be us. He came, came for you and he came for me. Now, please hear what I'm, I am saying. We have placed an overemphasis on it's all about you, Jesus, in avoidance of feeling uncomfortable feelings. And we just say, I don't want to feel any of that. Jesus is going to heal me. Jesus is going to fix me. Jesus is going to touch me. So let me go to church because I don't want to deal with that. Let the church fix me. Let the ter- I don't want to feel that. Let me read my Bible so I can bypass, bypass. But I feel like the greatest move of God is upon us, and it's a move from your head to your heart. It was what Darren was actually saying, that tsunami that comes from the inside out, uh, right? Because, I, and I don't know, there's just a thing that's happening now about embodying who you truly are, the essence of your true self coming forth, the emergence of who you were always meant to be. And so... Here comes Jesus. He knows that in the garden, I'm just talking to you. My notes, we already, yeah. So in the garden, uh, they eat the fruit. They become aware of the fact that they're naked and they feel shame. Say shame. Shuma. Say shuma. In Morocco, we went to Morocco, and shuma was like this word that they would say over everybody. It was really weird. Shuma, they would tell people. Shuma, you. Shuma, shuma, shame. But shame in our cultures, we would just, shame on you. That's shameful. So he becomes naked. I mean, he's naked. He sees that he's naked, which I don't know how he knew. So he covers that part, right? And he hides. So think about it. He hides. He covers himself. So the same shame that he felt that caused him to hide, or let me say it like this, the same shame that he felt with judgment that caused him to hide, is going to be the same shame that we have to feel with acceptance that's going to bring us out of hiding. I'll say it again. The same shame that Adam became aware of that he felt with judgment. He judged because God said, who told you you were naked? Right? The devil didn't tell him they were naked. He judged that this is a bad feeling. Bad. Hide. And when he hid, he hid was the beginning of hiding the true self, right? It's going to be that same shame that we should feel and not run from, but feel with acceptance because of perfect love, which is radical acceptance that's going to bring us out of hiding. Does that make sense? So, for example, you might feel sad, scared, confused, out of control, lonely, worried, anxious, all of those things. And what happens is because we've been so addicted to finding value outside of ourselves, 
We find a value in the cars, in the friendships, in the church, in the books, in the, you name it. We've, we've now become so fixated, um, so to speak, on all of that. We're striving for perfection, so to speak, outside of ourselves. Uh, what begins to happen is, is when we have any feelings or emotions that contradict this perfect standard, we feel ashamed. We feel guilty. I feel bad that I don't know why I'm feeling out of control because I should be in control of my life. I feel scared, and it's wrong to feel scared. And so you notice this is accusation at yourself. This is judgment at yourself. And that's why that that explains the lack of perpetual transformation and maturity in the body of Christ. But I'm telling you, God is saying it's time for fruit that remains. Not just fruit, but fruit that remains. And I want you to know that I'm not ashamed that you feel ashamed. (laughs) That that changes the game. That makes me want to look for pain and shame. Literally. Because on the other side of this discomfort, on the other side of the shame, on the other side of this guilt is great Breakthrough is great. Revelation is great. Clarity is God. I heard somebody say recently that um, it's not that pain is um, uh, painful or scary. It's the resistance of it that is scary, painful. It's the resistance. Resistance causes persistence, but surrender makes you tender. And so God says, listen, I'm going to set this thing up to where we become one with them so that as they become aware of the things that they used to be ashamed of and as I reveal the things to them that they did not even know was influencing them because of the subconscious mind being much more powerful than your conscious mind, when those things come up, um, they are going to realize, hopefully, or believe, hopefully, that I am not ashamed, that they feel ashamed. Then I'm going to teach them how to take ownership, how to take authority, and how to become a safe place for themselves. Does that make sense? I'm going to teach you how to become a safe space for yourself. So now you don't have to deflect. You don't have to emotionally bypass. You don't have to um, indulge. You don't have to uh, cower. You can become present and feel the discomfort while becoming aware of your head asking, why, why, why? Why am I feeling like this? Why is this happening? What's going on? What am I going to do? Am I speaking to anybody? Does this make sense to the rest of you? I'm just sharing my journey with you actually so far. And so the, the, this incessant um, uh, version, the old self, this false self, the flesh that's been programmed to protect me from being rejected, to protect you from being rejected and hurt again. It's just going bonkers. But what you do is what we call sweet surrender. I surrender to this moment because I'm not ashamed that I'm feeling the shame. And what begins to happen, like an Aquaman, that scene where he has to go, basically, doesn't believe in who he is. Um, He's half man, half divine, so prophetic, this movie. He doesn't believe that he is this, this king of the Atlantis and... Um, in order for him to actually take on his, his, uh, the nemesis, which is his brother, he has to go and take on the trident that belonged, the keys that belonged to the previous king of Atlantis. Fascinating. So there's this one scene where he goes with this woman who's this guide. And uh, they're on this boat and they're looking for this um, uh, place deep, deep down in the belly of the beast they have to go in. 
<laughs> to get the trident. And as they're on the top of this ocean, the surface level, the surface, these demons, really <laughs> weird-looking creatures, start jumping on the boat by the hundreds, like, <laughs> and instead of, like, um, deflecting, or instead of um, cowering, or instead of indulging, or instead of giving up, they jump deeper into the water. They've got this little flare with them, and they go down this, like, all the way down, they're, like, swimming, and these demons are just coming out of the dark by, like, the thousands. It's an amazing scene. And you just see this, like, red light, and these demons, like, and, and, and they're going, 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 and boom, he lands, and there's some peace, and there's no more demons. And just when you think he'd be all right, now he's got to go face this really freaky monster that's guarding the trident. In our case, the monster that's guarding the trident is the mindset and the belief systems that we've set up for ourselves. It's the habits that we, it's the stories that we've told ourselves. We've told ourselves stories, we've locked the key, locked the door, we've thrown the key away, and we even forgot the story we told ourselves. It's just a feeling, it's just a habit, it's just nature. He goes and he faces this monster, this monster come, and this monster's like, you are a half-breed. You don't deserve this trident. The monster's like making fun of Aquaman because he's not even like a true blood, you know. And uh, Aquaman surrenders. He doesn't fight. He humbles himself. He surrenders and he says, you know what? That's okay. I am a half-breed. But, and then he goes on this whole spiel about, I'm here to save these people. This is who I was told I am and all this stuff. But he first surrendered. And the monster was so impressed. The monster was like, Okay, peace, whatever. Go see if you can get the trident. So he, the monster leaves him alone, and he goes, and he, of course, he takes the trident, and he comes back up. Psh, Aquaman! Psh. He resurrects to the top, and he fights evil forces. You see the analogy? You see the, the allegory over here where there's this, this surrender, there's this to who you think you are in exchange for who he says you are. That's the dying to self. It's not dying to your dreams. It's not dying to your passion as being as an entrepreneur. It's not dying to your passion of being wealthy so that you can change the world. It's not dying to going on an exotic vacation. That's so stupid. It's so shallow if you think about it. It's dying to who you think you are instead of who he says you are. That's the death, and it's painful because it sounds like, I can't do this. Or when you do go step out because of unresolved stuff in your body, you trigger, and instead we cower. We say, well, this must not be God. This must not be the timing. This must not be. Jesus said, come and do something you can't do by walking on water. So now instead, learn that uh, when I feel uncomfortable feelings, um, how do I accept it? Not from a defeatist standpoint, but not from a denial standpoint either. How are you doing, brother? Good. We're so, like, really, we're, so, we're just so custom. We just say that. So I did this thing at Publix. I was cashing out, and I said to the girl, hey, how are you doing? And she said, I'm doing good. Thank you. And I looked at her, and I said, why are you doing good? <laughs> I just said to her, I was like, why are you doing good? You know what she said to me? Because I have to say that. That's what she said to me. 
I asked another girl that another time I came. They must be wondering, who in the world is a strange guy coming? And I asked her the same thing. I was like, um, how are you doing? She's like, I'm good. I was like, why are you good? And uh, she's like, because I'm not bad. <laughs> At least she was a little bit more honest. But um, the one that said, because I have to, that, in my opinion, and I'm, I want to generalize, is a picture of what's going on. Why? I don't want to say I'm not doing good because I'm scared that you're going to reject me because in my mind, I'm supposed to be perfect. How does that glorify God? It does not. It doesn't glorify God, right? And so Jesus comes to, guess what now? Reveal you to who you always were. Wow. Jesus comes to reveal you to who you always were. How do you like that? Well, I don't want to take all the glory. You can't. Trust me, you can't. So you'll be okay. Glory is beauty. Glory is essence. Glory is releasing beauty into the earth. Anything that's good. Do you know what's beautiful to him is that you would take a risk because of him without knowing what the heck or how the heck this thing is going to pan out. That's glory. That's releasing glory in business. That's releasing glory in family. That's releasing glory in your career. That's glory. But you know what's even a greater glory? The whole earth will be covered as the, uh, with the glory of God as the water covers the sea. Is this profound statement by an early church father and he said that the glory of God is a human being fully alive. Wow. <laughs> Woo! The glory of God is a human being fully alive. But that requires you to go down and get your trident every day, several times a day. And you begin to work, understand and learn the inner rhythms of your own biology, your own physiology, your own psychology, your own anatomy. Don't let these big words scare you. You're a student of life. Because God is getting ready to um, release more uh, influence, more power. But he can't do that with, with broken people that are going to crumble at the sight of the first uh, glimpse of disappointment. Or that are going to crumble at the sight of, oh, well, this didn't go my way or this didn't happen. Well, no, you know how to handle this light affliction that works for me, a greater weight of glory. Um, so uh, pull up that, that uh, scripture with Peter. In Luke 22. Do you guys have Luke 22? Check this out. Uh, I, for, I, can't, I forget the name of this translation. Um, Simon, Simon, I tell you that Satan has obtained permission to have you, have all of you uh, sifted as wheat is sifted. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail and you, when at last you have come back to your true self, may strengthen your brethren. That's the, the waste, waste translation. That when you have come back to your true self, I love this translation. I love that it, that it gives that, that image because Jesus is the, the first of many brethren. He's the firstborn. He's saying, you are, do we really believe that we are like him? Do we really believe that we're supposed to be like Jesus everywhere we go? Well, now you can see when you're given permission to take responsible to change your own life, you start to see, oh my gosh, I have actually got this authority. I don't have to wait for something or someone outside of myself to feel complete. I am complete. So I'm working out this completion. I am fulfilled. He sees me flawless. So everything else now that contradicts that is not evil. It's not bad. It's just a part of me that was uh, programmed and designed and constructed to keep me from being rejected and hurt again. So guess what? 
my true self, me, the essence of love, the expression of the love of God, gets to be a safe space for the boy or the little girl and say, I love that. I accept you. I'm telling you, it will change your, your life. You, this is seek first the kingdom, which is righteousness, peace, and joy. And all these things will be added to you. I'm not going to seek first completion, joy, peace, all that stuff through a business deal. I'm not going to seek first these things through a relationship. Why? Because when you sow into death, you get death. Right? You sow into the flesh, you reap death. You sow into the spirit, you get life and peace. So instead, I'm going to become aware of what's blocking joy, of what's blocking the peace. There's a river that's flowing in you all the time, 24-7. It's flowing. It's eternal. Your innermost being, out of your innermost being will flow. But you go and work out your salvation. How? Remove the things that are hindering the divine flow that is happening. You seem so excited about that. Sweet baby Jesus. Who are you? Take away all the things right now outside of you. Just imagine your mind. If you didn't have any of this stuff, what are you feeling? What comes up? What are you feeling? That's a good place to start. Begin to feel that. Oh, I feel scared. And that's okay. That's a part of you that needs love. And this is a big thing that I feel like is, is about to be taught. The revelation that's about to come forth and the equipping along these lines that leads unto when you get that trident and it comes back up to the top to rule and to reign. In your respective kingdoms, in your respective mountains, in your respective spheres of influence. And, and so you see the story with Peter, the next verse, he says, Master, uh, no, yeah, Master replied, Peter, I'm ready to go both to prison and to death. Peter's like, I'm ready to do this. <laughs> Jesus, is, I, I love how honest Jesus is. It's just amazing. I tell you, Peter, <laughs> said Jesus, that cock will not crow today till you have three times denied that you know me. Wow, how to put the kibosh on the guy's excitement about you, Jesus? Like, shit, thank you. That would be the equivalent of Sam saying, bro, I'm with you like all the way. We got this. We're going to do this. And the next sentence out of my mouth when Sam is so excited, I say, bro, you are going to betray me. <laughs> now, imagine emotionally what that must have felt like in that moment. But you see the steadiness of Jesus because Jesus doesn't find his identity in Peter. So he could, he could, he could hold that emotional, that, that awkwardness that we can't hold. That's why I'm doing good, brother. Because if I say I'm doing bad, oh, that feels uncomfortable. Oh, let me just, let me just pretend. Oh, now let's sing about changing the world. <laughs> Jesus is like, yo, you're going to betray me. You see, Peter was not living according to his true self. Peter struggled with this. You see it in Galatians where Paul talks about how he had to confront Peter to his face. I'll set the stage for you, and then I'll wrap it up, I think. A bunch of uh, Gentiles are having breakfast with Peter, and they're eating ham, they're eating pork, they're eating prosciutto, and the whole nine. It's going down. It's beautiful. It's a festivity. It's just lovely. Paul's out there just healing the sick and lepers and stuff. And next thing you know, there's a group of brothers that come from the church in Jerusalem. And these brothers are still really tight on the law. And how the law applies to you and me today, again, is the principle of seeking value and identity 
outside of yourself instead of from Christ within. Because I'm one with him. You feel that. Whenever I feel any release, whenever I feel any joy, whenever I feel anything, that's God. That's how near to him I am. That's how one with him we are. Isn't that amazing? Now you can see how, where's the pain at? Where's the discomfort at? Show me. Because I know I'm going to get more of him. You know what I'm trying to say? So Peter sees these brothers coming. He's got a freaking ham in his mouth. And he's like, oh my God, they don't eat pork. They against pork. And what are the feelings? I feel scared. This is what's happening, Peter. They don't understand trauma, right? They don't understand what we understand in terms of science and biology. And Peter's like, oh my gosh. Um, praise the Lord, brother. How you doing, brother? How you doing? Yes, bless you. And Paul is standing here, and Paul watches, and Paul's like, this mother, what the? Uh-uh, Paul is like, no, you did not just do that. What did, what did Peter do? There was unresolved trauma in Peter. There was pain in Peter that he didn't know how to resolve. And he was hiding behind this front of, I will chase you through the ends of the world. This machismo, this hard shell thing that was really empty. And Peter, Paul sees it, and he, you know what he says? He says in Galatians that when I saw that Peter was not following the truth, the way of the gospel, what's the way of the gospel? I've come to reveal to you who you really are, and I'm not ashamed of who you, how you feel at different times in the day throughout your process. That's good news. Just be with me. Feel with me. Stay with me. Nevertheless, Paul goes to Peter, and he confronts him to his face because that hypocrisy it influenced the other leaders. It spread throughout the community. Now, think about that. That spirit of hypocrisy, whatever you want to call it. It spread throughout the culture. It spread throughout the cities. It spread throughout the nations. The spirit of sameness. The spirit of uh, pretendness. The spirit of fear. I'm scared, but I don't think, I don't feel safe, and so I can't really show who I am. That is a direct reflection of how much I don't know how much I'm loved. And this was after Peter had that vision with the sheets where he said to God, I will never eat anything unclean. You know me. Never. <laughs> Be careful with your, your head relationship with Jesus because it's coming down. It's coming down like Charlie Brown. It's coming down. And I'm happy. I'm ex- Bring it down, you know. Take that down. <laughs> I don't want that. I got three little girls. Talk about being in touch with my feelings. Woo! I am getting worked every day. Perfect timing. I mean, I'll just be watching a show, and, and the two-year-old will just like, out of nowhere, when you think everything is fine. Ah! Ah! Sammy said this to me, and then she took my piece of puzzle, because and, and, I didn't want to give a piece of muffin. And then it goes from that to, I don't want to bath tonight. I don't want to, I don't want to bath tonight. Like, ah. it's just like, what is going on? And my inside is just like, ah. can I just take this one and just put this one outside for now? Just this one. I'll take the two. We'll, we'll work with the other two. But see, if that was Christ, I'm not trying to be cheesy. How would he? He wouldn't be moved. I can't help but feel like he would have just looked and be like, look at these two little monkeys. 
Oh, come here. Would you you upset? <laughs> he would he would engage. He would be playful. He would be childlike. Why? Because he don't have the baggage. He's not weighed down. He has emotional space, emotional room for crap. He has emotional space. There's no more real estate. We are so uptight. We're tight. There's no more space. That's why we can't even make room, like the Bible says, for each other's faults. You can't, I'm telling you, you listen to my words. It's only going to get worse. <laughs> Meaning that, how many of you, you feel tightness in your chest on a regular? It's this constriction. I know most of you are not being honest. It has to start with radical honesty. Come on, the other honest ones start to, more, more, more. There's more of you, I know. Come on. And it's scary because you feel out of control. But Jesus is like, oh, I'm right on the other side of that. Oh, we're so close. We're so close. I know it feels scary. But if you want to feel better, you better feel. Guys, the machismo thing, that's so 1980s. Okay, men wear pink, real men. Come on now. Uh-huh. Come on now. I feel it. I, I literally am at a point where I, I just gag when I sense that machismo thing. I just want to give you a hug. I will kiss you on your forehead if you have that machismo thing. I'm serious. It's like, come here, buddy. It's okay. I honestly don't think Jesus is interested in in much right now other than your heart. He's so obsessed with us being whole. He's so obsessed with us being honest. He's so obsessed with us also then experiencing the supernatural provision and intervention of this kingdom, culture, which he said is already in me. He says, guess what? The heavenly realm in the Passion Translation is in you. That's the kingdom. It's not here or there where you can touch it. He said that peace and joy, that culture of you are complete in Christ is in you. Well, how does that make sense? You know how it makes sense? It makes sense because I don't know how to go in. I don't know where to start. I don't even know what it looks like. It feels so uncomfortable to go in. But if you want to go get that trident, guess what? You've got to go inside. And it's it's just literally, I accept that. That's okay. My children are driving me up the pole right now. And that's okay. The standard that I once held myself to that was actually causing more and more shame, it perpetuates more and more shame, it's literally being dismantled. Guess what's emerging? Oh, the phoenix. (laughs) The phoenix, the real me, the real you. I heard this thought, I'm too old for all of this. No, you're not. One moment of clarity on the other side of embracing confusion will literally revolutionize your life. what does this look like in the marketplace what does this look like through your individual life where the marketplace is riddled with fear riddled with um, looking for love in all the wrong places outside of myself what if you when you go in that environment and you feel that energy in that room don't get scared of the word energy we're going to talk a whole lot more about that your body is made up of energy because study about who you are God created you when you come in, you feel it, you become aware. What happens is, is that we don't know who we are, so we take that on as our identity, because now I feel safe, right? Instead of learning how to first go in, feel, accept, embrace.
grace. Ah, celebrate. Then come out and influence and change. It ain't going to happen overnight, but it's going to happen. And then you're going to go, and the lightness and the brightness of your eyes, of your smile, of your skin, of your essence, the, the nature. Oh, Christ himself, my gosh, that would be like Jesus walking in the office. That's the point. That's the point. That's why he's saying, you have authority. You go deal with it. Why are you waiting for something I've already given you? I'm not talking about not being equipped or taught different skill sets or learning from each other and growing. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, man, I just, I can't shake this thing. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Think about this. Your body has the ability to heal itself. Would you agree? Would you agree that your body, given the right stewardship, nutrition, and exercise, and sunlight, and not more than three children, has the ability to heal itself? Would you agree? This morning, I heard the Lord say, if your body has the ability to heal itself, which it does, then why do you think that you don't have the ability to heal you? Why? Whoa, brother, you got to be careful because now you're starting to tap into taking the glory. That's a cop-out. That whole mindset, that's just a cop-out. I'm doing this because I want to know him more intimately. <laughs> and he says, you have authority, man. Go. And when you start to actually realize, I can do this, then guess what? Guess what? You start to believe in you the way he believes in you. And when you start to believe in you <laughs> the way he believes in you, literally, guys, Nothing can stop you. Nothing can stop you. I got four claps on my left side over here. I feel like there should be some more claps. Stand up with me. Keep on clapping as you stand up. Just keep on clapping. Just keep on clapping. Close your eyes and clap for yourself right now. Come on. Feel it. Feel it. Clap for yourself. Clap for yourself. Just imagine that this is what heaven is doing towards you right now. Keep on clapping. Woo! This is what heaven is doing towards you. Heaven is clapping for Tommy. Heaven is clapping for Sam. Heaven is clapping for Ryan. Keep on clapping. Keep on clapping. Does it feel awkward? Awesome! Does it feel weird? Awesome! Feel that, baby. Keep on clapping. Picture yourself right now as you keep on clapping with passion. This is heaven's response towards me. I'm not just some no-nothing, no-good, do-nothing. Uh-uh. Feel that. Feel that awkwardness. Some of you, your mind is like, this is stupid. Why am I doing this? This is ridiculous. Oh, you know what? Give yourself a hug. Just say, I love that. That's okay. I love it. Come on. Here we go. Woo! More, 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 more. More, more, more. Ha. Like, clap for yourself the way you feel like God is clapping for you right now. Ah! Ah! Go on, just, just a little shout. Ah! Let it out. Woo! Yeah! Oh, let all that stuckness. Ah, let it out. That stuck, dead emotions. Oh, let it out. Come on, let it out. Yeah! Yeah! You know you want to. You know you want to. Don't be so uptight. You know you want to. <laughs> yeah! Woo! Yes! Yes! Yes, we're not done. I'm crazy if you don't know me. We're not done. Two more minutes. 
feel the awkward feel the weird and love it embrace it stop judging it Woo! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yeah come on <laughs> yeah come on you see when life begins to flow in your body you feel it you connect it to yourself <laughs> Jesus! Jesus! Oh, it's wonderful! Can we just jam out to whatever you're doing, you're starting? Can we do the whole thing quickly? I'm not afraid. Na, 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 na. <laughs> wow. That one, yeah. You see, the awkwardness you're feeling is trying to protect oh, you yeah. from okay. looking stupid to others around you. But the real you is dying to come out. That's not even you. The voice that's saying, oh, this is stupid, oh, he's weird. That's not you. Put down the cookie. Put down the false self. That's not who you are. Come on. Oh, well, this feels I'm silly, this foolish. Well, how does that feel compared to being depressed? I'm not afraid. Just do your thing. Just embrace you. Embrace it. Embrace it. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of being afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not ashamed of being afraid. It's okay. I'm not afraid. <laughs> Woo! I'm not afraid. I'm not ashamed of being afraid anymore. That's okay, I'm loved. Let's just start there. I'm not afraid. Come on, just lift your hands. Lift your hands up like that. I'm not afraid. Feel it, feel it. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Who are you? Father, show them who they were before they became. Show them who, show us who we've always been. Show us who we've always been. Release your courage in this room tonight. Your courage to be authentic. I know you have to go. I don't know. I, I, I push things. I know. It's okay. I just need one more minute. I feel like you're still, you're still being cute. And that's why you're struggling with anxiety. And, and then you hold God hostage saying, why isn't God fixing me? Why isn't God changing me? Now you might be true to yourself and just chill. You're fine. That's cool. You know who you are. My God. That essence of you embracing you is what will change the world without much effort. Just you showing up that real you that's what Christ rides in on and that changes the world so if you know right now I this is stupid this is weird but something deep down inside of me is, is really telling me I need to like either shout or clap or for my own sake so the first thing I want you to do is don't feel bad that you feel stupid or you feel uncomfortable or you feel awkward that's okay say that's okay say it's okay 
It's okay. Okay, now we can. Can we do that that thing? Uh, what's it? Hey, Justin, that part where you are. That part. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. How many of you want that? Just say that. if you guys need more prayer because you were really damaged by having this strange guy up front here and you're so offended uh, <laughs> well look the people you can come to right and they'll pray for you uh, no really if you're just tired of the facade you're just tired you're like man just pray for me to have the wisdom to learn how to feel learn how to go inside come up and get prayer just to get loved on we'll have a, a 
Our ministry team will be up here. And uh, thank you guys so much uh, for just putting up with me this morning. I appreciate it. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week, okay? Ciao.